And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's time to talk finance with Luke Smith from Envision Financial, as we do each and every Friday afternoon. Luke, good afternoon. How you doing, mate? All right? Bravely battling on, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> exactly right, mate. I feel the pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm having a great time, actually. I'm one of those people that actually enjoys working from home. I saw an uh, article yesterday. I spoke about this yesterday, and I mentioned it on air with uh, Ian Meikle, but I saw an article in, the, I think it was the New York Times, uh, that uh, of all the people in the United States who are now working from home, the majority of them actually want to keep on working from home after the COVID crisis passes because they don't have to go into a toxic office environment. There's no office politics. There's no backstabbing. They can stay at home and work. They, they find they're more productive at home. Well, uh, you know what? I totally agree. I find that you know, with, with limited interruptions in relation to phone, um, my girls have, have found that you know they've been very productive and you know, been able to focus on what they need to do without the office-like distraction. So, yeah, no, look, they're, um, my girls are, are pro doing it. Um, and if you can throw in a lunch or two every now and then, they'd probably stay at home permanently. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's uh, look at today's topic. We're talking about how to invest during the COVID-19 crisis and what to consider to make the most of it. Before we start that conversation, I think it's important to point out that the uh, people at ASIC, the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, have this week issued an, a warning for inexperienced mum and dad investors who have looked at the share market and thought, hmm, maybe I can jump into this and make some quick cash. And people are trying to time the market and it turns out that in most cases they've actually lost money and not made it so the ASIC people have issued a warning to be very very careful about what you invest in and uh, what your approach is to investing in the share market Uh, they've likened it to being uh, very similar to gambling rather than investing Uh, what are your thoughts on that Um, look I I, you know ASIC are notorious for making very broad and brash statements and um you know, I think this is probably one that they've got right. Um, the first one in a while they've got right, but they've got this bit right. Um, I think you need to go into this with your eyes open. Um, you know, this isn't a game, um, and it's it's not as easy as people think. And as long as you manage that expectation and say, okay, this is 100% just a punt, and if I lose 100% of my money, I won't be upset about it. If you go into this with that mentality, I think you'll be fine. Um, but, but I would agree with the comments that you've made that people need to be wary of what they're doing, do their research, understand um, what's happening and, you know, very, very important because they were the, the topics we're going to talk about today, some of the things to look at, what to consider yeah. um, and how to make the most of, you know, this opportunity, whether you have a half glass full or half empty mentality. So, you know, we'll, we'll touch on a lot of those today. Yeah. Now, of course, it's important to make a distinction here. There is a big difference between what's known as day trading, where people try to dip in and out of the market on a short-term basis to try and make a quick profit. Now, that's mm. sort of like going to the casino and putting your money on red. Um, you know, even if you do your research, there's still a lot of risk involved in that sort of thing. That's a totally different thing from investing. Now, investing is by Mm. definition a much longer term proposition and you're looking Mm. at a much longer time horizon, aren't you? Yeah, look, correct. And I think that's one of the key variables. You know, I had a a discussion with some people just, you know, later this afternoon about what do we do with this cash? And the first thing I asked was, well, how long don't you need it for? Um, Because, 
you're correct. Any investment that you you go into is going to have an element of risk. It could be, you know, sector risk. It could be currency risk. It could be liquidity risk. It, you know, there are a number of risks that every business face. And you know, through this COVID experience, we've seen some that have been directly or more directly impacted than others. Um, but nobody's escaped the wrath of the unknown. Um, and that's one of the key things that people need to keep in mind. That. You can have all the relevant information in relation to something and it doesn't mean that people will act in a rational manner. And we've seen huge amounts of volatility over the last four to five weeks. We've seen high-quality companies swing in price 30 40 50%. Um, and what's really changed other than the ongoing update we get every day from every state sector, um, yet we've seen volatility at the highest it's, it's been in, in, in many, many, many years. Um, and, and this can be positive or negative depending on your perception of value and your perception of time. And they're the two things that I think people need to keep in mind and, and obviously invest for themselves and not with their friends because, you know, there are a number of variables and, and you know, we've touched on in other shows, think about your time frame. You know, as, as I said, that really says, am I punting? And I would consider a punt if you were going to try and move in and out of something even before the end of the year, I'd call that a punt. Um, look at the value and, and understand what you're exposed to. I think diversification is one of the cloudiest areas of investment. And we've touched in other shows that, you know, I'm not sure I understand what a balanced portfolio means anymore because there are about 15 different definitions of balance now. So people need to have a look at what they're invested in, have a look at their super, understand where they're exposed. And if you're going to take advantage of this because you have cash and you have a two to five year time frame, then you've got the potential to try and limit volatility and make the most of the current weakness that we're seeing. Yeah, of course, having said all of that about uh, short-term risk and so forth, the, the volatility that we've been seeing does present some opportunities, doesn't it? But it also requires careful consideration and make sure you do your due diligence. Look, 100%, I couldn't agree more. I think this then really comes down to, again, coming back to your why. Why are you wanting to buy the things you want to buy? Is it a short-term punt? Is it for income? Is it for capital growth? and, and the, the associated risks that come off the back of that because, you know, understanding what you're buying and understanding where a company's income comes from, you know, we've got some very good examples, you know, to, to list a couple. You know, Magellan Financial Group, fantastic company. Um, share price had more than 50% fall from March and has now recovered significantly. Now, that is a high-quality company that has had huge swings in value because of perception and the impact of COVID. You look at uh, Sydney Airports or Transurban, two very good high-quality companies that, you know, have a very large market share and have very robust earnings but haven't been immune to the impact of COVID, especially on the airport side, obviously, because we're not travelling. And they make a lot of their money from renting shops and, and people parking cars. So you need to have an understanding of where your investment is generating its income from and where it's likely to come under pressure depending on what specific risks it could be exposed to and make sure that you can tolerate those risks. One way to mitigate that is obviously time. Um, and, and the other thing people can do is is don't jump in boots and all. Um, I'm a big advocate in choppy waters of taking a partial position, you know, because trying to pick the bottom is, you know, a, a fool's game. 
And if you can get it right and you're that lucky, fantastic. But if you are investing for the longer term, hedge your bets on both sides. You might buy half of what you like now and see what happens. And if the market rallies, you can make some money. If something happens and we have a second wave of COVID and things shut down and the market falls again, then you've got a little bit of powder dry to, to have another little nibble and build positions over time because no one really knows how long and how strong the, the recovery of this will be over the next 12 to 24 months. Well, that's a very old-fashioned trick, isn't it? Not putting all your eggs in the one basket and it's a simple, straightforward way to reduce your risk, isn't it? Look, 100%, and that's why diversification is very important. And as I say, you've got to have a look under the hood. If you're in a generic industry fund or something that gives you a balanced option actually have a look and see what you're exposed to because, you know, I use the analogy regularly that, you know, if you're driving in a 100 zone and you did 90 to 110, you'd generally be all right. Most people find out they're probably doing 140 or more, um, but they, they saw the term balance and thought, oh, well, that, that will be what everybody has, which may or may not be the case for them. So having good diversification and also then making sure that you don't have too much of one area, you know. So if I have 10 apples... For me, that's not diversification because you've got 10 apples. You might have 10 of them, but if they're all in the same area, you're exposed to similar risks. So have a look at different sectors. Consider infrastructure. Consider, you know, real estate trusts. Consider the international sector. Then you could take a step further and say, well, do I have a hedged or unhedged position to limit the impact on a positive or negative basis in relation to the currency? So with the dollar being where it's at, if the US economy was continuing to get weaker and weaker because of the wonderful job they've done managing COVID, wink, wink, <laughs> um, they, they could come under some fairly significant pressure, which could result in our dollar strengthening. Now, if that's the case, you may want to have a hedged exposure to your international portfolio or have a, a foot in each camp. So these are the sorts of things that are impacted by people's risk profile, their broader diversification and the time frame with which they're looking to hold their investments. When you're looking at a specific option for investment, whether you're deciding to uh, put your money into some Macquarie Bank shares or maybe some BHP shares, when you're looking at specific options, other than just the share price at the moment, the things we should be considering? Yeah, look, uh, again, another really good one. The banks are a very good example at the moment because a number of them have come out and cut their dividend totally. And I can appreciate that there'd be mums and dads out there with their knees wobbling because they've probably got the standard overexposure to the big four because they pay a good, fully frank dividend and they'll always be okay. And I think over the duration, that's fine. I think in the short term, you're going to have some income pain because they're obviously going to provision some debt. So understanding the income profile and obviously the franking profile, if you're going to go into something, do I get a frank dividend or do I not? Because not everybody pays a fully frank dividend and they were obviously very topical at the last election. So, you know, everybody out there knows what what they are and how they operate. I think also look at overexposures to a single sector. I touched on that just before, but I'll give you an example of that. If you're in an Australian equity fund, that holds the biggest 200 companies in Australia. And then you've also gone out and bought ANZ, CBA, Westpac, Macquarie, BHP and Rio. You're going to have very large exposures through those two things to those individual companies. So make sure that you've got an appropriate spread of assets or what you're buying into 
whether it's a managed fund or an ETF, you understand what the underlying investments are because you want to be truly diversified, not just diversified by the investment number that you hold. But also say, make sure that you understand the debt levels of what you're buying into. Obviously, highly leveraged companies could come under significant pressure. Um, and, you know, the, the airlines are a good example of this. They generally run very high levels of debt because they have very good cash flow to sustain them. And when the income tap is turned off, like we've seen through COVID, you know, virgins come under, you know, a lot of, of, of cash flow pressure because they carry $5 billion or more of debt. Um, so understanding how leveraged your investment opportunity is is, is very important. Um, the time frame, as I say, I'm, I'm saying to people at the moment from an investment standpoint, we're buying this with a two- to five-year view and we're buying good quality companies. And, you know, we rattled a few of those off a little bit earlier as an example. Um, and I think people need to look past the income at the moment, okay? So when a company reports, it'll show what it paid as a dividend last year. And if you take that dividend and you divide it into the current share price, you get the yield of the company. Now, they can look very, very attractive at the moment. And uh, there'd be plenty of people out there nodding their head at the moment saying, yes, I bought NAB on a 10% yield. I thought it looked fantastic. And now they've cut it significantly, um, as has ANZ and, and, and Westpac. So factor in a reduction of 40 to 50% on average over the next 12 to 24 months when you're looking at the potential income that you could receive from an investment because all sectors are under huge amounts of pressure at the moment uh, and obviously we're going to see more and more companies raise capital and we're going to see more and more companies cut their earnings to try and maintain their sustainability until this passes and things return to a, a new normal. So, Luke, as we move into the last few minutes of the program today, how can people make the most of the current weakness in the market with a longer-term view? Yeah, look, I think we've touched on a few of the key things before the break, but obviously, you know, don't try and pick the bottom. Um, you know, if you're going to buy something, buy it in tranches and, and have a long-term view. And if you buy it, put it on the shelf and don't worry about it. You'll get some right, you'll get some wrong. But again, it's a long-term view. Super and general investment is for the longer term, not the next 6, 12 or 18 months. Um, if you can buy into or take advantage of the upcoming capital raisings that will be occurring, so a lot of companies will be raising additional funds and they'll be issuing new shares at a discount to the current market price. And generally, that's a good way of buying things and not having to pay any brokerage. So as an existing shareholder, you're offered generally the opportunity to buy up to, say, $30,000 of something. Now, Obviously, where they're raising money, there can be an oversubscription. So, you know, expect to maybe not get what you ask for, but another very good way of buying in with no brokerage. Um, stick to big, boring companies. You know, big and strong get through most things and you'll be able to benefit from, you know, a recovery over time. Understand what you've already got and maintain a good level of diversification. Um, and if you're unsure about a specific sector, buy an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, or buy a managed fund that specialises in that area and, and the, the fund manager can provide some outperformance over time. Be, be mindful of cash. Obviously, cash is very cheap at the moment. So if you have a line of credit or you have access to capital and you can borrow money against your house at 2 or 3% and you believe that what you will buy will generate a better income stream or a better total return, look at those avenues to be able to generate you know, capital for wealth over the medium term. And obviously, I preface that with make sure you've got some good cash flow to pay the interest on what you take out. But it's, it's something to think about where people don't have 
some free cash lying around. Um, and diversify, diversify, diversify. You know, make sure you've got, you know, multiple eggs in multiple baskets. Um, don't just do what your friends do. Um, and if you do buy on the specky side, buy it knowing that you'll be 100% comfortable losing all your money um, because when that happens, then you won't get too upset. Absolutely. And very quickly before we go today, um, I wanted to comment on a story in the news today. The early access scheme for people to get money out of their own superannuation during this crisis period has been suspended until Monday, while federal police and other authorities investigate a fraud uh, where more than $100,000 was stolen from up to 150 superannuation accounts by sophisticated criminals. So obviously um, it, it hasn't gone as smoothly as people ex- expected. Oh, look, uh, I'd love to say it surprises me, um, but anybody will take any opportunity at the moment to try and, 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 and get themselves in a better position, rightly or wrongly. Um, it's really quite sad. Um, but again, it talks to the ongoing diligence of processes and systems and, and things of that nature. And look, hasn't gone hasn't gone unnoticed. I've had a number of questions today, and my answer to most things was, well, you're going to stand in front of me and physically sign a form, so I know it's you, and then we can get the money out. So... No, just make sure that you know you're not answering emails and and sending things off into the ether without checking, um, and get somebody yes. on the phone from a trusted source. Righto, Luke. We're just about out of time, but uh, before you go, how can people find out more information? Yeah, so look, if if people have questions or queries or want to investigate this sort of thing with their super six two six zero four seven four nine, we're working like normal. Our office is shut, but everything's obviously done virtually. Um, we've got the knowledge centre www.envisionfinancial.com.au There's a lot of information on that site in the Knowledge Centre about how to invest. We've got the podcast on on iTunes and Spotify, the Strategy Stacker, where we talk about the show and other strategies. Um, we did a really good interview this week with Mark Peretti from Trinity Law in relation to the value of a will and enduring power of attorney. So that's up on the YouTube channel for those that want to check that out. Um, and anything else that we have from the show, we put on the YouTube channel as well. That's Envision Financial Canberra. So people can subscribe to that and keep up to date with the interviews that we've taken out over the last couple of weeks and what we do going forward. Fantastic, Luke. Thanks very much. We'll catch you again next Friday. Pleasure. See you Friday. That's Luke Smith from Envision Financial with uh, some very sound financial advice. Always look before you leap. That's a good one. I like that. And we'll talk to Luke again next Friday.